So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. What's going on everybody on Facebook or wherever you're seeing this in the future, YouTube, Instagram, wherever, Facebook. Uh, Coach Tom Ferry in the house. I've got uh, a fabulous next hour for you. We're talking about this week in housing. David, it's been a while. I know that, uh, you know, sort of pre-summit and then post-summit, I was traveling. We did that whole event thing. Uh, so for my friends out there that are watching, you know, our intention with this show always is to bring you real data, real facts, real information. So once again, you could be the educator in your marketplace. You know, so much of what's happening in our world today is who do we trust, right? Who can you trust? And you and I both know as, as that hub of your community and whether that community is the whole city, the whole, you know, region, or just your street, your neighbors, your past clients and your friends, we need to be the ones that are showing up with the data, with the facts, so people can make good decisions about should they refinance money out of their house? Should they buy a second home? Should they buy their first home? What's gonna happen with home prices? What's happening with the economy? And you know, it's so fascinating being in the position that I'm in, having you know, lots of very interesting friends in, in uh, my home in Dallas. Uh, my next door neighbor is the uh, uh, chairman of the Dallas Reserve, like a, he's for the Texas Reserve. Uh, interesting guy to talk to, probably, probably need to get him on my podcast. Um, or, you know, uh, my buddy Don, who's the former CEO of American Airlines. And, you know, all of these guys all ask the same question. So, Ferry, you know, how's real estate? What's going on? And every one of them, just like every person that you talk to, has an opinion. And I think it's pretty safe to say that the vast majority of the people, their opinions based upon a headline, hearsay, somebody said something, they heard something, or they're just still licking their wounds from 2007, 8, 9. So they give you this reaction. Prices are going to go down. You know, if, if presidential candidate X gets in, the whole world's going to blow up, right? And home prices are going to go down. Today's show, we want to address all of that and more to once again put you in the best possible position to be the educator. So to help us do that, obviously, I've got David Childers from uh, Keeping Current Matters. Good morning, David. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. I'm excited to be back. It's, uh, it's been a while since we've done it, coming out of the summit and had fun there. And then Jason and I had a chance to, to do this a couple weeks ago, but excited to be back and excited to be with you. Absolutely. Thank you, my friends. And I've got two great coaches. I've got Carlton Bell coming in from the, the greater DC Metro marketplace. Good morning, CB. And by the way, you've lost some weight, my friend. You're looking good. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to be a part. Thank you. Outstanding. And Johanna from the great state, my new home state of Texas. Good morning, Johanna. Good morning. Honored to be here. Yes. And I know you were literally just hopping off a coaching session. So, <laughs> You know, as always, I want to bring in, you know, coaches, people that are active in their communities to get into this conversation with you. But do me a favor really fast. I'm going to refresh my own Facebook page over here because I've got it here and there. But what I would love for you to do right now, my friends, because we're doing this on a Wednesday where we were typically doing it every other week on a Friday. And we had a good cadence with that. And I, I see lots of you that are out there. 
would you do me a favor right now? Would you tag like, literally I'm gonna make a big request. Three to four agents that you know that are like us, like you, that are good knowledge brokers, that care about their business, and they wanna be great educators. We just, in the comments, tag three or four people. Your broker could be your loan officer, could be you know, two great pals of yours that you, know, you respect them immensely. Do me a favor and do that right now because the more people that see this information, the better. So with that said, David, we're gonna talk about the housing recovery. Yep. We're going to talk about the new unemployment numbers, you know, and how people are reacting and responding to that. We're going to talk about forbearance as always. And, and even though we didn't frame it this way, what we're really talking about is, hey, the election cycle's coming up. And does that mean that the whole real estate prices and world is going to fall apart or not? So we're going to cover all that in 45 to 55 minutes. I'll be looking for your questions. Uh, but David, why don't we start with you? Why don't you take it over, take control. And, and for all my friends out there, know he's going to drive and, you know, Johanna and Carlton and myself are going to dig in and say, wait a minute, this is what we should do, or here's an opinion. So right. David, let's Absolutely, jam. yeah. I mean, let's, let's start there with housing recovery. I want to give you kind of a, an, an update. You know, we've talked a lot about this over, you know, applications and pending deals, all of those things. So uh, let me share here, and, and, and we'll start here with the Housing Market Recovery Index. If you remember that, we've talked about it for several months now. NARA released this during the pandemic, taking demand, supply, price, and time on market, and saying, where are we at relative to where we started the year, and certainly through the, through the downturn of uh, quarantine, lockdown, and, and, and back up. And what you can see right there is, I, I would offer in this how the housing market is back. We're above where we started, uh, you know, the pandemic back, uh, you know, in the early March timeframe. And, and certainly we can say with confidence that in housing, we've seen a V-shaped recovery. Now on the front end of this, Tom, we talked a lot about that. There were people, you know, putting themselves out there and, and you know, there are questions about, are we going to see a V? We can say confidently in housing. You know, we have seen that, and I think it's due to all the great work uh, of, you know, agents across the country that, that, that listen here in This Week in Housing have gotten out there and gotten the good word out, done the work to help folks, you know, make confident decisions uh, relative to buying and selling homes. And, you know, as we continue on with that, I pulled this quote from, from Fannie Mae. It says, housing data over the past month continue to show a strong V-shaped rebound helping drive the broader economy. So we know housing is driving the broader economy right now. There is a question. Most economists do agree that uh, the overall economy is in some sort of V-shape. The question is the inflection of the, of the return, and that's going to be largely due to or, or dependent upon uh, you know, recovery and the pandemic and, and all the things going on there. But if we were David, to take a snapshot, you go ahead, Tom. David, but first, I want to just go back. Go back a slide, if you would, please. You know, we've been looking at this, you know, this V-shape recovery, you know, what is the swoosh, the Nike, the W. Right. Every time we see, I'm looking right at the slide here, up, and then it drops like kind of beginning of June, end of May. And then it just skyrocketed up like, like every stock that we want to own. But you can see once we get into kind of middle of July, August, all the way through to yesterday, we're having some of these ups and downs, right? Mm -hmm. And it seems like every time it drops just a little bit, agents, and I want to hear from, you know, Carlton and Johanna on this, the agents go like this, oh, finally, like, you know, 48 hours to breathe. 
but it seems like a lot of consumers and a lot of the you know, prognosticators aren't paying attention to those leading indicators the way we are. So I want to hear first from you know Johanna and Carlton. When when you guys see that sort of that top, you know, June, July, August, and it's it's sort of bouncing up. It's all going high and right, but it's bouncing. How do you interpret that? And what do you say to your clients in that slow week or that slow part of the season that you know might even be three days? What's your advice to them, Johanna? Well, I, you know, I think my advice to the agents that I coach is just like my advice to sellers that there's always two things that we need to prepare for. I need you to prepare that your house is going to sell right away. And I need you to prepare that it might take a little bit longer. And I think it's the same thing for, for the agents. You need to be prepared that we're just going to be taken off and we've got tons of work to do and we got to buckle down. And I need you to prepare, be prepared that there might be a day or two or three or four or a week or two where it's going to dip down. What are you prepared to do during those times? Mm -hmm. So it's like having two plans, the, the crazy oh, plan and the slowdown plan. Hey, every, every smart business person has two plans, I believe. Yep, love it. CB, yeah. what about yourself? How do, you, how do you interpret that and what advice do you offer to the agents you work with? Well, the agents that I'm, the agents that I'm coaching, what I'm telling them is not to be so much focused on the inconsistency in the market, to really be focused on the consistency within their business and the things that they do to drive the business and to keep the business moving forward. I think if they're focused on the inconsistency, then they're allowing the negative to slip into their thought process, which overall affects the business plan, the objective, and the goal that they're trying to accomplish. So they have to be able to convey that information to the seller also, or to the buyer, mainly to the buyer, because the buyers are the ones that are normally on the fence, off the fence, on the fence, off the fence, but the buyers have to be able to make the decision and have confidence in the agent's ability to guide them through that process. I, I got to tell you, for, for both of you, both those insights are really key. You know, no, no great business owner walks in. This was only plan A, Johanna. I love that. And don't focus on the inconsistencies of the market, Carlton. Focus on your consistencies. I think for all my friends out there on Facebook, we need some hearts and likes for that because that was very powerful advice. David, most consumers don't understand when you start talking about price and, you know, timing and, and, you know, they don't understand that everybody wants to time the market. Why isn't everybody talking about those four things? Why aren't all the prognosticators, prognosticators, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Why aren't they talking about that? You know, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, I'll tell you something that's happening right now relative to data is just a general statement is we're seeing experts forecast, uh, I'm gonna call it in any category, a number, and we're seeing the number outperform that right now. And, and what do we know right now? Consumer confidence has just come in at the highest reading ever, well over what experts thought consumer confidence was gonna come into. So I think what you're seeing is some hesitation in, in the experts saying, we don't know how that's gonna be, and consumers saying no, you know, certainly in our business, wanting to transact, wanting to do business, yeah. uh, you know, across the country. Do you think some of that, David, is like the publicly traded CEOs that are very mindful, like they can't be crazy bullish with their numbers for the next quarter because if they do, they get hammered? Kind of same concept? I, I think there is a lot to that. You know, I mean, what's the worst thing you want to do here in 2020 is go out and be bullish and be wrong and say, hey, you know, let's go and do this and yeah. then get the backlash for that. So I think there's a lot of truth to that. Love it. Well, let's, let's jump over to that snapshot year over year changes in key metrics. I think that was a, a really key slide. And this is going to be one of those that 
that I think everybody watching right now needs to think about how you're going to incorporate this into your next email, your social post, even into your listing presentation, just to be again, the educator, the one with the data and the facts. So David. Yeah, I think this, this is a very interesting look. It's a new kind of, you know, dashboard, if you will, that the, the KCM research team built. And we've been talking about a lot of these things. This combines showing time to apps, to pending deals, to inventory, just says, where are we? Now, if you go back to what uh, we talked about during the summit, we talked about going through pent up demand over the summer and then settling into this market. Now, here's the interesting thing. We've settled in and we've settled in very well. Showings up year over year, 61.9%. Purchase applications up 22%, pending deals up 24%. So we're seeing each one of those leading indicators in real estate be very consistently up year over year, driving you know, uh, uh, volume and everything that we're seeing happen. Uh, existing home sales, you see there uh, up 10.5%. The big one, new home sales up year over year, 43%. A lot of demand out there for new homes. There's a lot of reasons for that. And, and the challenges, which, you know, we'll talk about a little bit later in the call, is remains inventory. You know, existing uh, inventory down 39% and new home inventory down 33%. So relative to our market, relative to real estate, we can say, hey, we're doing very well in these leading indicators. Need more inventory, no doubt about that. Uh, and I'll bring a quote in here real quick, uh, you know, relative to real estate from Mark Fleming from First American. He says, I think it's sustainable, meaning uh, the real estate market and may not grow as quickly as has in the recent months, which have sort of been a recovery phase from the spring. But there are some long run fundamental dynamics that are very positive for the growth of the housing market. So as so we look at housing, and I think we can confidently say we've seen a, you know, a V-shaped return uh, in our business. We're seeing some long-term you know, dynamics that, that bode very well for housing. Very, very good picture uh, you know, looking into next year. So Carlton, how long have you been in the business now? 18 years residential, altogether to include commercial, about 22, 23. Right. So, and Johanna, what about 17, 17 years, 16, 17 years. So when you, when you hear that and you think about where we came from, especially like the DC marketplace, right? Like when you go back to the DC marketplace, you think about 2007, eight, nine, 10, 11. I mean, it was, I, I hate to, I mean, it was a bloodbath. It was right? the wild, wild west here. Right. But foreclosures everywhere. I mean, it was just a mess. When, when you see that V, like, do you still have some of those old thoughts of seven, eight, nine, ten? And if so, what advice do you have for the people that like, hey, man, you got to look to the future that Mark Fleming is not saying it's going to be rosy, but he's not saying it's going to go down. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure yeah. he knows that there may or may not be a new president. I'm pretty sure he knew that when he made that quote. Yeah, I, I, I think that I was just having this conversation yesterday with a really good friend of mine that's on the commercial side in the in with uh government contracting 
and and they do a lot of stuff with GSA and, and, and commercial funding and all that stuff. And what they're seeing over there is slightly different, or well, I can say really different from what we're seeing on the residential side. And I was trying to let him know that we don't have those same issues on the residential side that you guys are experiencing on the commercial side right now. You know, so when I when I think back to, to 2008, 2007, I don't really have in my marketplace too many people or even the the clients that I'm coaching in the in the Northern Virginia, the Baltimore area, or even in the DC market that really look at that 2007 and really want to compare yeah. because we have too much. It's, it's not the history that they're concerned about. It's the future that they're more so concerned about. And the market has shown us, if you look at um, pre-pandemic and where the numbers were in pre-pandemic when you were showing the first slide and where the numbers were and how we took the slight dip, but we quickly rebounded. I think they're focusing on the rebound and where we're going because foreclosures aren't really, they're happening. They've never gone anywhere, but because of the forbearance and the, and the, and the moratorium that's on them right now and things that's happening, that's not an issue. And I think also the overlays that have taken place within the lending industry is preventing a lot of that stuff from happening like it did before. So yeah. I think the focus is more so on how do we move forward? How do we get our sellers, our buyers to see that vision? I'm having more conversations, Tom, with my clients in regards to how to handle that objection than how to work through or convince mm -hmm. them that it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, smart, smart. So. I'm going to say, Joanna, I'm going to save you. I want to go jump back in the slides for a second time because the next subject is the unemployment numbers that, you know, came out. Uh, so, David, let's take control of the slides and let's talk about, you know, what's the BLS saying? Where, where are we going? It clearly looks like it's slowing down. What do you see? Sure. Sure. Yeah, I think that is the question. Uh, let's hop in here and let's look at uh, some of the numbers, just the literally the facts of, of where we stand. And let's talk yeah. about that for just a second. So this past Friday, Bureau of Labor Statistics released unemployment uh, for September. You can see it there. Uh, the last uh, five months, unemployment's dropped to where we sit at 7.9% uh, today. And to your point, Tom, not, not as... Uh, uh, rapid a drop is is what we've seen in maybe the, the prior few months, but nonetheless a drop. Um, you know, I think the I, I clipped a, a quick quote out of that report that says both measures have declined for five consecutive months, but we are higher than in February. If you wonder for context, by four point four percentage points in unemployment and six point eight million people, respectively. So, more people unemployed than February, obviously by percentage and by by number there. Uh, and want to see that continue to decrease. But I want to I pause for one second because there are, there are two questions that come up as, as I generally talk to people about unemployment. The first one is, um, gosh, are we in a good spot with unemployment? I'm not you know, suggesting that 7.9% is a good spot. We always say that if one person's out of work, we want them to get uh, their job back. We are seeing unemployment come down. Uh, I think the rate at which it continues to come down is in question. 
the important thing is there are no experts forecasting right now that unemployment's about to go up. That is point number one. Okay, David, so David, say yeah. that again. Say that again. There are no experts forecasting right now that unemployment's about to, to go up. Okay? But David, but David, right. the airlines are going to lay off all of their workers, and I mean, right? Like, like headline reading, drama, yeah. you know, clickbait. Like, right. Is it true? Right. Is it not true? Like, talk to that's me. The, that, that, I said there are two questions that come up. The first one is, what's going to happen in the future? The second one is, well, hold on, David. United just said they're going to, they're going to let go of 19,000 people, or Disney said they're mm-hmm. furloughing 24,000 people, or so-and-so. I heard this. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's the truth. Okay, we need to understand that, and we need to understand in the economy last month, a million jobs net were added. So 19,000 is a big number. And I feel for those families, for those individuals, for everybody affected and jobs are coming back. Both of those things are true. So we, we have to be informed and not, to your point, follow that headline and go, okay, if, if United's doing this or so-and-so is doing this, then you know, there goes the, the, the entire situation because it's just not true. Johanna, when you hear this, what, you know, what goes through your mind? I mean, you got, you have- two beautiful kids, you got a life, you got a business, you're coaching all these people. What are you seeing? What are you feeling? Well, certainly, you know, I'm with David. I do. It does break my heart that we have families that are, that are losing jobs. I have a brother that is an airline, commercial airline pilot. I certainly know the fear of, oh my gosh, you know, is he about to get furloughed? So my heart does go out. Um, I like the data though. And when you look at the facts that Yes, we lost those jobs. It's unfortunate, but the job market is increasing over a million jobs. I, I don't, you know, I don't mean to always be the Pollyanna, but I like to tap into that positive side and see that, that there is growth. Our economy is recovering. The job market is recovering. Maybe not as fast as all of us would like to see, but it is recovering. And I think that that's what we need to hold on to. Yeah. CB, you got thoughts on that before we talk about forbearance? Yeah, I, I, I do because... Yes, granted, the facts are the numbers are what they are, or the numbers are what's being reported is what it is. We we, we can't do anything about sure. that. We can look at the graph and we can see that it went from 14.7% and it's down to roughly about 8% right now. So that is a decline in the numbers. But my concern being a consumer, also being in this industry, is the number of people that are not filing for unemployment. That's my concern. And who are those people that aren't filing? Are those people that are not filing, do they fall in that service industry with your restaurant workers and those people? If so, they really don't have a significant impact, my opinion, not the opinion of Tom Ferry, but they don't really fall into the impact of purchasing houses because of their economic status. So I don't really focus on that. I look at because we're in a bubble here in Washington, D.C., the majority of our people are government employees, which are pretty stable. But then we do have some private sector people here also, and not too many of them are losing their jobs. Like I said, it's a lot of service industry people, your waiters, your cooks, your restaurant owners, but a lot of those people aren't buying houses, so I don't think it really impacts us that much. Yeah. It's like, it's like the tale of the two, right? Because on one yeah. side, you're like, Hey, I feel for those people. Right. And on the other side, and, and David KCM has shown multiple slides over and over again, that a lot of that group and David, I don't want to misquote it, but they're like, 
under 25 years old. Right. You know, they're in the service industry. They weren't out buying houses. So it's like, it doesn't impact housing, right. but our heart goes out to those kids, right? right. Absolutely. And others in, in obviously every age group that are in that situation. Yeah. So Dave, I, I, there's two facts in that I want to mention real quick. This, this downturn, this pandemic has disproportionately affected those on the lower income scale and younger people. That's the, yeah. th those are the facts of that. And kind of going back to the point that, that you made, Tom and Carlton, you made is those people we know uh, based on data aren't out looking for homes in a lot of cases, purely based on age for the most part. Um, but, yeah. but, uh, but, but no doubt, you know, people being impacted. So, so David, I like this next slide because I, again, you got these people that are headline readers. And everyone out there knows what I'm talking about. You, these people that come to you and they go, oh my God, the world's falling apart. It's the, uh, and they, you know, they, they're trying to wrap you up in their drama. Kind of Carlton, the way you were describing your friend who's in the commercial space. I talked to some commercial brokers and they're in their commercial world yeah. saying, I'm not leasing as much. Buildings aren't trading. Financing is harder. They're like, therefore, everything must be horrible. And I'm like, Dude, look at the residential space. It's on fire right now. It's the exact right. opposite. So, so we get that. But I like this slide, David. This is one of those that it'd be interesting for everybody to post like on Facebook and then just say, what are your feelings about this? That's right. literally how I would ask you just to see how much chatter you could create. Like when you look at this, what are your feelings? What do you think? Give me your sense. We're all, you know, we're all friends. Go. But show them yeah. the slide and they'll really get why I think it's going to be a meaningful post. Yeah, this is the comparison, you know, of unemployment. You can see here, um, you know, in just a few months ago, Tom, we were talking about how, you know, people were saying this is going to be like the Great Depression or Great Recession. And yes. this is the number of months unemployment's greater than or equal to 9%. You see the Great Depression in 108 months. That's a long time wow. for unemployment to be above 9%. Great Recession, 30 months. You know, I mean, that's, it's even, you know, we lived through that in this business and I look at that and I go, wow, the eighties, yep. 19 months in, in some of the oil recessions today, four months, we're, we're nowhere near yeah. where we were back then. And I don't say that to minimize it, but to, to bring the facts as a comparison to show people, this is really where we stand. Now there are questions that have to be answered about the service-based economy. And, you know, I don't think everybody tomorrow is going to get in a plane or go to a bowling alley or see a movie. I think there are some businesses that are, you're going to be slower to return. But, um, but as we look at the overall macro U S economy, very, very different from, uh, you know, some of the high points that we were making comparisons to just a couple months ago. I have to say, I'm just curious out there, uh, I would love to know from everyone out there watching right now, now or in the future, uh, you know, give me, a, like, give me some feedback. <clears throat> would you get on an airplane? Are you comfortable staying at a hotel, right? Would you go to the movies? My wife and son just went to the movies. I live in California, my friends. Like, you know, it's California is one of those states that's sort of leading in the, everyone's going to mask and it's right? like, you know, I mean, it's, it's a little intense here. So but they were at a movie theater. I'm just curious, like, give us your feedback. Would you go to a movie? Would you hop on an airplane? Like, just, just give us your sense. And then David, let's go into the forbearance, just being mindful yeah. of time because sure. again, like it's, it's a positive sign, but it's still a lot. 
Sure. So, I mean, when we think of, you know, of, of the challenges we face right now, unemployment being one of those, we've kind of talked through that. The second is forbearance. And what we know is the number of mortgages that are inactive forbearance is decreasing. You know, we topped out uh, here, you can see just under 5 million uh, in this graph. And now we're at uh, 3.59, just under 3.6 million people in active forbearance. We've talked extensively about this at uh, keeping current matters. I won't go into the depth of it, but we know there there are provisions for people that uh, need to extend. We know people are coming out of it. There is there were, there was an article published in the Wall Street Journal about a week ago suggesting there are people that may not know about forbearance or in delinquency uh, and not in forbearance. And so I, I think it underscores the need of um, of every one of us, everybody on the call to continue to get this message out there. And that, that message is, hey, if, if you are in a situation that you're struggling maybe to, 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 to make your mortgage payment, reach out to your lender and find out what options they have available. If you are in a situation where you need to sell your home, let's get that home on the market. Let's help families through this. But, but it is, um, you know, as we look at the last several weeks, we're starting to see that number decline. And I think we want to continue to see it decline. We want to continue to see people get the ability back to make their payment. There's probably people in there that likely hedged the future and said, I don't know what the future is going to bring. And okay, now I don't need it. I'm going to, I'm going to come out of forbearance. There's a, there's a number of different, uh, you, you know, types of people in that. But I think when we look at unemployment, we look at forbearance, we look at the coming election, people go, okay, there's a lot going on right now. And I'm concerned. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work and the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. Um, when I when I look at this, and I know you know, so for my friends out there watching, we're gonna get back to our every two weeks. I think I'm gonna keep it on this Wednesday. I kind of like this cadence of middle of the week. Um, David, there was a slide we showed what now feels like maybe uh, four or five shows ago that showed sort of this graph as it related to the foreclosures of seven, eight, nine, and it was really interesting to see the comparison because again, we're going in the right direction. I know a lot of skeptics out there will say, yeah, but what about when this ends and what about when that ends and how sure. is this going to work? And then I have other people that I say, well, let's also look at the other argument. The other argument is how many people right now have basically just said, I'm going to go no mortgage for the next three months. I'm going to take that money. I'm going to put it in my savings. I'm still making money. I'm just tacking yeah. it on the back end and I'm open and praying that they allow me just to do that. and They don't ask for the money. Right. So, so it's, uh, my hallucination is if I had to look at the 3.59 million, the vast majority of people are in hardship. Mm -hmm. There's also a percentage of people that are just taking advantage of the opportunity and saving more cash right now. Right? I, mean, I wish we had. They said, "Do you want the money now or later?" And they're taking later. You know. Right. Exactly. I mean, hey, I'm going to make my payment anyway, but I might as well take the cash. Yeah. With me, and I've and shockingly, I've heard that a lot more than and people are pretty open. Some people are actually rather like bragging about it, like. It's great, man. I'm just piling away cash ready. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> question mark, right? right okay. Right. So, so let's get into what I would say is 
the election, but we're really calling it inventory equity experts. What are they saying? Sure. But David, everybody's in the same thing. Like we're in 11 years of a bull market in housing. Sure. Right. There's no way that this thing can sustain itself. And yet every expert I talk to says 2021, if you're busy now, plan on this being your next, you know, 14, 15, 16 months. Sure. Right. And if you're not busy now, you need to call my office and say, I need help. Right. Because it re I mean, Johanna, are you with me on this? Like it is the, it is the super rich, meaning very productive. It is the extremely rich, like having arguably their best year, of their career. And it's people that are still trying to figure out, you know, what CRM they should get. Right. I mean, it's like, that's the deal. Right? I knew two coaches would laugh about that. Right. That's the disparity. So I know for a lot of my friends, we want to continue to push you forward and make 2021 even better than it was this year. But this part is, this is key, right? And, and it does relate to the election cycle. So David, take it away. Yeah, I think Carlton, Joanna, this will be great to hear your perspective and what, you know, the agents that you're coaching and talking to. But this is, I'm going to call this, you know, the uh, inventory equity and expert kind of piece. Tom, you, you brought that up. And this is in response to the people that say, you know what, I'm kind of concerned about what's going on. We, we have the most contentious presidential election in our nation's history. We've got high unemployment. We've got people in forbearance that, that we've been, uh, you know, told certainly to opt into that when you can't make your mortgage payment. And there are a lot of people in that boat. And I'm not sure what 2021 is going to bring. And so, you know, I, I think this looking at the facts in, in each one of these categories, imagine if you were having that conversation with somebody to say, okay, Let's look at it. Is that even true relative to what we know about the market? And I'm going to bring back in a couple of things here that you've no doubt uh, remember seeing back when we started talking about this. And this is the inventory picture of, you know, 2008 versus today, going all the way back to 99, actually. And, and the reason I bring this up is I think some of that fear originates in the memory of the housing crash. And I think it's very legitimate for consumers because a lot of us you know, still remember that. And we have to very clearly articulate that and show visually, and this, this does a great job of it, back in 2008 and 2010, we're in a very different market in an oversupply market, which led to prices falling. And where do we sit today? I'll use my, my, my mouse here to show you. We're below where we were in inventory in this country in 1999. We're in a significant wow. drought relative to the available homes on the market uh, today, a very different market that is keeping upward pressure on prices going into next year. So for the person that, that says, you know, I, I'm concerned that prices are going to fall after the election and, and this is going to be the case, I, I think we have to, to educate them and show them this is the reality of today's market. The, the second piece to that is to educate them on the historic amount of homeowner equity across the country. And this is the, the slide from John Burns Consulting, you know, showing that 42% uh, of the homes in this country don't even have a mortgage on them. And then if you play this thing all the way around, 90% of the homes have at least 10% equity. That gives families and individuals that own homes today options relative to their mortgage. If they're in a situation where they can't pay their payment and, and they can't uh, stay in the home, they can sell the payment, pay a commission, put some money in their pocket and, and provide for their family. In 2008, that wasn't an option. People couldn't do that. 
where they were underwater or whatever the case may be, where they owed more on their home than it was worth, and they walked. Very different situation today with regard to equity. And I bring this up to remind you, to remind you of the fact that, that you may know this, but people out you know, in the world, buyers and sellers today, consumers that are thinking about transacting, uh, you know, home purchase, sell their home, do, do whatever, don't necessarily know this uh, by and large. The so third I, piece is, uh, is the expert piece and what are experts saying? So, you know, the response, and Tom, you always handle this well of, you know, okay, I appreciate that you feel this way and you feel like prices are going to fall in the next 12 months. Oh, by the way, where, where did you get that information? Because every expert that we're looking at here is saying, you know, uh, uh, prices are going to appreciate somewhere between three and 4%. Now there are some outliers there. Hawes is one that says we're going to lose uh, value in the next 12 months. I frankly don't agree with them and I don't think they're right, but I do leave that on there because it's, that's what they're saying. CoreLogic's come up and I expect them to revise that estimate. But the, by and large, uh, we're seeing uh, some, some pretty you know, good appreciation in the coming 12 months. Ivy Zellman saying close to 6% appreciation in the next 12 months. And, and we've certainly seen uh, uh, you know, white hot appreciation over the last 12 months driven by interest rates, driven by demand, driven by low supply, all the things we, we know. And the last piece that I'll bring here is exactly what you brought up, Carlton. This is a very different situation from the increase in delinquencies following the housing bubble. Lending standard standards have been fairly solid over the last decade, and most of these homeowners have equity in their homes, and they will be able to restructure their loans if they're employed. Uh, and I would add to that, they'll be able to sell their homes uh, if they need to. So a, a different situation out there today with regard to some of the fears that are, uh, that are in the market, which I just think, you know, calls us to what our job is right now in, in educating people. So I want to, I want to, I'm going to go to my coaches. So Johanna, you're going first, but I want to stress to everybody right now, this, this is your next direct mail postcard to your geographic farm. This is your next direct mail, email, social post. You could do an entire video about this, right? This is a very, very telling piece, right? And then when you back it with this one and say, I know you're concerned about the election. I know you're concerned about the economy. So am I. And yet all of these people are all saying it's going to go up. Do you think that they're also paying attention to the I think it's pretty safe to say, my friends, housing is a really good thing right now, right? And it's going to continue to be. But I, I got a thought before I turn it back over to my coaches. I think every one of you watching right now should do a blind survey monkey email to every person in your database and just say, um, what percentage of equity to, you know, to your loan amount do you have? You know, do you owe less than 10, less than 20, let, 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 all the way down? Blind, no names, let, let them know, no names, that you're just looking to see how all the people that you know compare to the national average. Then I would do a side-by-side, -side. you know, here's the national average, and here's everyone that I know. I think that would be a fascinating, interesting piece 
that would probably get picked up by your local news as well, because it's really interesting. So a blind survey monkey to everybody you know trying to get this data. By the way, that's a, that would be a very interesting email, social post to get the word out, but it'd be a killer piece making you, again, the educator. But I want to go back to Johanna first. Johanna, when you see all of these slides, what goes through your mind? What advice do you have for your clients when you see all of this? Well, I think it's all positive news and, and should help eliminate any fears that people are feeling. Um, I, I've got a couple of thoughts around it. Number one, what an amazing opportunity agents are in right now to truly become that knowledge broker. I really believe that it is our, we have two responsibilities. It is your responsibility and I am not an analytical. So the, the fact that I can get excited about this data and numbers, um, I think should say a whole lot if you know me. Um, so, but I do think it's our, our obligation as real estate professionals to know this data and understand this data. And number two, to use it to educate your clients. If you're not using this data to educate your clients, you're, you're kind of missing the boat. Right now is what I believe, Tom, you might agree with me, is the single best time we've ever had to really become that trusted advisor and counselor. Um, listen to their fears, be able to say, tell me more about that, understand where their fear is coming from and say, I hear you and I want to show you a different perspective. This is what the national data is saying. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's our obligation. I also believe it's your obligation too as an agent to not only know the national data, but you need to know what's going on in your local market and, and help your consumers see, do a layover of this is what the national data shows, this is what our, our local area data shows, and really help um, eliminate those fears that a lot of buyers and sellers are having right now. Yep, I, I agree. Carlton, same question. Yeah. Johanna, I think that's great. I, I think also within the in, in that Tom, the key piece that I think we that I think the consumer is 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 probably latched onto, and what the agent or the broker is really missing is the history that's attached to it. And people have a tendency to hold on to the history. Okay, so if they're holding on to the history and they're looking at this graph and they're seeing from you know the the in 2008, 2010, how things were, they're a little bit more apprehensive now to make those types of moves that people made back then because they have someone in their family, in their community, in their neighborhood that they go to church with, whatever the case may be, that lost their properties during those particular timeframes. So they're a little bit more reluctant to be as aggressive and move forward and do some of those irresponsible things that were done previously. Now, the home equity piece, I really love the home equity piece because it speaks volumes to the lessons learned from the previous history. People are not doing those things anymore. So because people aren't doing those things, there's absolutely no way that we're going to have the same results that we had before. Bank overlays, lending lending things everything is different now everything is different so when i hear people and, and i i hate to say this but i'm going to say it because you know i'm a straight shooter when i when i look at the presidential debate and i hear comments like we're in a k-shape right it, yeah. i'm like what the hell are you talking about 
You know, we're, we're not in a case shape. What are you doing? What are you saying? You know, and I think people latch a hold to that because the information is wrong. The information is wrong. So many people have equities in their in their homes now, and they're not using that home as an ATM to take vacations, to buy cars and things of that nature or to do renovations. They're holding off. If they want to do the renovations, they're not doing a, a line of credit or, 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 or a home equity line to do it. They're using the cash that they have to do them. So I love the fact that people have equity, which makes it even more powerful to say to that seller, if you are interested in selling your property, look at the value that you have in the house. Home values aren't declining. Home values are going up. So we need to educate our clients on how to effectively have that conversation with their clients and within their community. Tristan, get over it really fast. Right? So, so right when you said K-shape, Carlton, Tristan goes, right? Okay. You and Steph bought your house how long ago? Uh, November 8th last year. Okay. So November 8th last year, there, we're doing a be honest here. Yeah. Right? We're live. Yeah. Uh, when all, when the pandemic started and all this stuff, do you remember you came in to me? Do you remember what you said? I said, uh Oh, we might be in danger of losing the house because she got, uh, she lost her job a week yeah. before the shutdown. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you think it's safe to say that probably most people were in that same kind of, I mean, if probably that happened, so. right, yeah. most people would be yeah. in that same emotional state. Yeah. You don't have to use the exact words that I said, but what did I say to you? I said, shut up. <laughs> there was a little more in that. <laughs> and, and Steph got another job. Uh, about two months later, she got a new job, a better position, actually. A, a better job. Big shout out to Loan Depot, my friends over there, right? And now she's making even more money. You're making even more money. Yeah. You just refinanced your house again. For the second time. Yeah. For the second time. Uh-huh. And what are you doing with the extra cash? Uh, we're still paying the same amount that we were before. So, yeah. Right there. Yeah. Like, I, I think it. every one of you needs to, that are watching right now, you need to grab, how, tell them how old you are. 32. Boy, that took you a second. <laughs> <laughs> you need to grab every 28-year-old, 32-year-old, 35-year-old, because he didn't know, but I'm like... Yeah. Dude, you're not gonna lose your house, right? Like, come on. I want you. I, yeah. I, I'm so tempted yeah, yeah, yeah. to actually yeah. like say what I was, but but you get the point, right? And then when he's like refi, I'm like, dude, take that extra cash and just keep making the payments because then he's gonna pay his house off in 15 years, or in his case, all agents in Orange County pay attention. He's gonna sell this place or keep it as a rental and then go buy a four bedroom, five bath with a pool. With the pool, yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. My friends, this this is your next seller, right? everybody's having those shaky, uncertain moments. Like when you, when you see all these slides, what do you think? Uh, we're not, we're, we're not in as much trouble as we thought we would be. Yeah. And now that we're paying that same amount, it's going to be easier to get, it's going to be easier for us to maintain this place even when we buy our new home. Yeah. So that's, that's something I'm excited about. I'm excited when I see these slides. Totally. Totally. All right. Hey, this is your consumer, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Love you, buddy. Get over there. All right. All right. So I just wanted to bring in another perspective for people that are watching. Like, you know, Tristan and I talk about this stuff all the time, all the time. So let's talk about the obstacle, David. Yeah. I mean, there, there is an obstacle I think that is in, you know, in our business and could be 
the thing that holds us back uh, going into next year, I would offer, um, you know, we've, we've talked about this a lot. I'll share uh, the image here um, that, we, that we've used, and that is it's listings. It's, uh, you know, the, the lack of listings across the country. And I know, Carlton, Joanna, you guys are going to be able to bring great context into this. But, you know, we, we've joked about this being the story of toilet paper. The storekeeper can't get it on the shelf fast enough before somebody comes in and buys it. Uh, or buys it even faster than it gets on the, the, the shelf. And so we still see a historically low uh, amount of listings across the country. And, and I think bringing in the local data, like you mentioned, Joanna, is critically important in this area. But I want to give you a way to, to, to look at this relative to existing home sales and new home sales and explain that. And, and this shows sales, you know, month over month being up 10.5%, yet listings are down 39% in existing homes. So creating that delta, if you will, uh, of need and, and lack of inventory. New home sales, like we talked about on the front end of this, up 43%, and yet listings are down 33%. So we, we have more people buying in both categories, and we have less people, you know, putting homes on the market, providing uh, you know, this opportunity, this, this, this perfect storm, if you will, of the thing that could hold the recovery of real estate back. And I think that is, you know, the job that we have today is, is to go out and say, okay, where are those listings? How do we bring those back to market and, uh, and, and, you know, help our business grow forward? Johanna Carlton, how, how often uh, in a normal week of coaching do you hear, what is everyone else doing to get listings? It feels like nearly every call. Yes. Every call. I've had four calls this morning, and that has been the topic of discussion around every single call that I've had today so far, and yesterday, and the day before that, and the and, day before that. And the month before that, and the yes. month before that. Yes. So, so what advice do you have for the people out there? I, I know what I say, but I'm just, I want to hear from the two of you to see, you know, how in sync we are. Joanna, so... So I'm your client. What do I need to do to get more listings? Well, first of all, we need to look at history and what traditionally is your strongest lead pillar. Let's go back to what has worked in the past. Always, yes. always, always. Once we do that, then let's start thinking outside of the box. Let's you know, go knock on doors. Go target the neighborhoods where your clients are actually uh, wanting to buy in. Use this information. Use all this wonderful, strong data that David's put together for us to show homeowners, hey, there's a lot of opportunity for you right now using the equity in your home to go buy that vacation property you've always wanted. I'll send them down to Florida to Carlton and he can, he can sell them that second home that they turn into an Airbnb. Um, but, but always, always, always go back to what's worked in the past. I don't think that that's really changed. Um, and then you start looking outside of the box. Go back to expires that didn't sell 12 months, 18 months ago, scrub that list, go to them now with this data and say, Hey, I know you've heard some crazy stuff out there, but did you know that you have X percentage of, of equity in your home? Now might really be the time to cash out. I'm so glad you didn't sell back then because the opportunity now is, is much greater. No doubt. CB, same, same question. What advice do you give? Or you could say ditto if it's the same and we'll go. It, it, it's pretty, it's pretty much the same thing. Um, go back to what was working. Um, I'm telling a lot of people, take a look at the 33 listing ideas that you gave a couple of years ago at the summit. 
Take a look at that because those things still work. Take a look at, at some of the, the newer things that are out there, like your Upnest and your offers and all of those particular websites that are going to help you get the listings. However, what I'm also telling them is... Carlton, you're freezing yep. up there. Are we good? Okay. So yeah, I'm you also... froze up for a second. It's okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm, also, I'm also telling them that if you are... If you're lucky enough to get the upness or the offers appointments, don't be afraid to rebate the listing. I hate the word discount. I'm going to use the word rebate. Rebate the listing, but also know that if you rebate that listing, you're going to have to do the prospecting around that listing to get additional listings. So use it as a catapult to help you get other listings in a community that you may not have been in in the first place. I think a lot of the, the farms and things that our clients don't prospect are the ones that are given to them organically. And what do I mean by that? One listing, maybe 10 or 15 offers on that property. That's an organic farm being given to you because everybody wants to live there, but they don't go and prospect in that community to get those listings. So you got to do the grassroots stuff. If that means, if that means door hangers, flyers, old school prospecting, phone calls, you got to do the things that actually work and work for you. Yeah. Johanna. And, and I would just add, you know, going back to the basics, there is one foundational principle of our business, and it comes down to how many conversations are you having. If you don't have enough buyers, you don't have enough sellers, you just, I don't care who you talk to, go have more conversations. That's it. Go be out in your community. If you're a secret agent right now and nobody knows you exist, they're not going to be calling you to list their homes. So... Be out there. Have the conversations, period. I literally just said that to the last client that I was on with before I got on here, that she is a secret agent. She moves under the cover of darkness. No one in her neighborhood knows what she does. <laughs> yeah. That is such a great, I mean, that's, my dad used to say that, like, 25 years ago. Stop. That's where I got it from. I'm blushing. It makes me laugh so hard every time I think about it. So, so David, you got one last slide and then we're going to let everybody bounce, but I do want to cover uh, somebody asked a question. And, and so all of you, I'd like some insight on this because, Hey, look, I know right now in the U S Jill Biggs, my client in Hoboken, New Jersey, she has more listings right now than she's ever had in her life. And she's selling 20 properties a month. If she typically in a typical market, Hoboken, Manhattan, vertical living, condo, high rise. It is different, my friends. It is different. We're seeing longer times on the market. We're seeing some unrealistic sellers that aren't paying attention to the fact that there's 15 more units just like theirs on the market at a similar price. And the advice is very simple for the person that asked that question. It's, do you want to be the one that sets the tone on price or do you want to let somebody else set the tone and now you're chasing? And, and yeah. that's the just be honest conversation. It goes back to the world famous question, at what price are you no longer a seller? At what price are you no longer a seller? But David, any, any uh, input or data around uh, the vertical living, high rise, you know, Manhattan we see is moving now, Hoboken is moving, not at the pace that anybody wants. They're basically in our late April, May is where I see them right now. Yeah. Advice? Mm -hmm. 
Well, I mean, there's no doubt we've talked about it, that things are, you know, in general, uh, you know, migrating urban to suburban, but that doesn't mean that we're not seeing urban markets, um, you know, progress because we are. I, I mean, Carlton, you can talk about that in, in D.C., a very densely populated area. We're still seeing homes by and large across the U.S. selling and selling very quickly. Uh, suburbs just happen to be outpacing them a little bit farther, I'm going to say, uh, you know, down the road. So, um, you know, on the, on the subject of price, uh, we wrote a, a blog just a few days ago of the value of pricing a home right in today's market. I'd go, if you haven't seen that, uh, go to kcmblog.com and grab that. Great to share with somebody that's thinking about price right now and that tendency to try to try to go high and let the market catch it and, you know, see, see what happens there and then appraisal challenges and things like that. Yeah. Carlton, any other thoughts? Johanna, any other thoughts on, on sort of that vertical living clients, pricing, all that good stuff? Well, I would just echo what you say. I mean, and I always ask, you know, in any situation, how do you want to show up? Do you want to be the one setting the tone or do you want to be chasing? How are you going to show up and, and, and price accordingly? And if it's not compelling, it's not selling. You taught us that a long, long time ago. So if you got a bunch of listings that are competing with a, a lot of other similar listings, you have to be the most competitive in order to, in order to sell. Yep. Yeah, if it's not compelling, it's not selling. So pricing is everything. Pricing is everything because I think appraisers right now um, are really controlling the, 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 the tempo in the market on how quickly these homes appraise in value um, is going to be predicated on what your neighbor makes a decision on that they're going to put their house on the market by. So me being in this market here, we're average sales price within the three regions anywhere between 550 to maybe 700,000 and that clue that includes our condo market which is a little lower which includes our high end properties which is a million five plus so we see a little variation of everything but if you don't price that thing right then it's going to sit and if it sits it doesn't matter how many buyers you have out there that are looking and beating doors down, the consumer has made the decision that they are not going to pay over what that house is worth because of the history. Now, granted, with my coaching clients across the country, some of them are seeing 70,000 overpriced, but it depends on the market, 50,000 over asking, no appraisal, any of that. But the conventional buyer is not willing to do that because of the history, because of what Tristan said, they're afraid that they're going to go in upside down and it's not going to, they're not going to uh, be able to get out of it. Yeah. Well, I think you just nailed uh, the, the intro, the layup for, uh, for David's last slide here. So David, show them this last quote because I think it really drives it home. Yeah, I, I think this underscores everything that we've been talking about. And it comes from the Wall Street Journal. It says, Truth is attainable by laying fact upon fact, and I would add fact upon fact. So our job right now and everything going on inside of, you know, this month that we're leading up to an election and is, is to deal in the facts, deal in the facts of what's happening uh, in real estate in, in, you know, in the world that, that, that uh, we're in our local community, nationally, what's happening there. We're going to do our best to bring you the national facts there, bring in the local facts where you're at, and deal in, uh, in truth. Yeah, 
100%. So uh, as we wrap up uh, this show, thank you everybody for, uh, for that was with us live. You can download the slides at mykcm.com forward slash Tom Ferry. Mykcm.com forward slash Tom Ferry should be pinned somewhere inside there. Uh, Coach Johanna and Carlton, thank you guys so much for being a part of the show today. Uh, I am going to wrap with this. Uh, David, always brilliant, always appreciated. We'll be back in two weeks to do this again, to bring you more news as we get closer to the election, more truth, right? Stacked upon stacked upon stacked. But I wanna say this to you guys in closing. We are 90-ish days away from the end of the year. There is plenty of time for you to add a new discipline, to call every person in your database twice. There's plenty of time for you to call every old lead. There's plenty of time for you to up your game. And what I'd ask you to think about is, it's not about radical change. Like if I'm going to my golf lesson this afternoon, I know my coach is going to say to me, Tom, when you swing the club like this, you're, going to, you're not going to get the result you want. But if you get just a little uncomfortable, just tightening it up just a little bit, I hit the ball right down the middle, 245, and I score better. But when I swing too comfortably, guess what happens? I don't get the results I want. And I really do believe, my friends, the metaphor for all of you is, some of you are just too comfortable with the way your business is right now. Whether it's killing it or not, you become comfortable and it's time to get uncomfortable, just slightly uncomfortable between now and the end of the year. My personal client said to me a few days ago, she literally said, Tom, I'm exhausted. She's got two kids under six years old. She's got a husband that travels. She has this huge business. She goes, I'm exhausted. And I said, do you think you need to take some time off? right? Just being a good coach. You know what she said to me? Heck no. This is the chance for me to make more money than I've ever made in my entire life. My savings is going through the roof. I'm not spending my money on dumb stuff, Tom Ferry. I'm a good coaching client. I get it. I'm going to work my face off and make a fortune. She goes, I'm going to get really disciplined between now and the end of the year to watch my savings go up. And then who cares what happens? It's a 41 year old woman. She's, this is exactly, her name is Janelle Garrison, by the way. Big shout out to Janelle. That's what she's saying. And I think she's saying the same thing to all of us. Let's get uncomfortable between now and the end of the year in a positive way and move ourselves, our family, our clients forward. That's what we can control. Carlton, you said it earlier. So did you, Johanna. So we'll see you guys in two weeks. Let's get to work. We'll see you guys soon. Take care. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.